Alright, so look at this game. It's just some. Can't be any worse than the other game. This is the MVZ podcast. Coming at you after a couple weeks off. Yeah, brief hiatus. It's hard to call it a hiatus considering it was work related, kids, travel. Tell it for you. Yeah. How was up north? Switching jobs. In the process. Start my first day was last Friday. And I had orientation and then I job shadowed on Monday. And then Tuesday they were like, Hey, let's start you in training again. So I'm doing training for like the third time in child welfare. Um it's easy because I know it all. How how much of your gig is like being a decent parent, like this, the, all the training and stuff, they teach you stuff like, well, this is what a parent should do. This is what's this and this. No, um, they do talk about that. They basically talk about they're like, leave your biases at the door. Like our job isn't to punish people who aren't good parents. It's all about child safety. You could be a terrible. You could be a not like, in my opinion, you could be a not good parent and keep your kids safe. <laughs> like, it's a big I recall, line. I recall that coming up with DCF. Uh, just because you're you don't have a home doesn't mean you're a bad parent. Yeah, just because couch hopping doesn't make you a bad parent. It's like, wow, this is the standards are not high. It's just is your kid safe? If we leave the kid, your kid with you, are they going to get severely hurt or die? Is really what it comes down to. And if the answer is no, then you get to keep your kids. I mean, it's sad but we take enough kids with those with those little restrictions <laughs> so i believe that so yeah it's just yeah it's it's really interesting i it is kind of fun going through training for a third time though just watching everybody's face melt when they learn certain things aren't removals <laughs> or they learn that people can be reunified for doing certain things they're always like they can and i'm like oh yeah and they do <laughs> Like we just did a scenario where we had to do write up safety plans. In this in this fictional scenario, this dad was sexually molesting his ten year old daughter, and it got to the point where he had raped her or whatever. And like I was draw, I was writing up my safety plan, like do do do, and then when it was my turn to present it to the class, I mentioned his visitation with the kid, and they were all like, "Why does he get why you want him to be able to visit these kids? You want that?" I'm like, "That's not what I said. <laughs> I said he's going to." He's going to get two 90-minute visits a week. Barring a criminal a criminal reason for him not to. Because really, to remove a kid, you just need probable cause. To like criminally convict somebody, you need a lot more than that. So like, it's true. just kind of like one of those things where he still gets visitation because like the weird part is like he could be... That him and his daughter can have a great relationship outside of that. And grossly or not, she might not dislike that that's happening. So she might want to still have that bond with her dad. And then the theory is that he can get help and, you know, learn why that's wrong and not do that anymore or whatever and eventually be unified. But it all just kind of depends because, I mean, there are also some times where the 10-year-old or whatever the kid is like, no, I don't want to see my dad. I don't want to do that. They tell the judge that. 
sometimes there's restraining orders. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, it just depends. But, like, if the kid wants to see their dad, the dad wants to see the kid, there's no restraining order, probably going to get a visitation. But it was really funny because everyone was looking at me, like, judging. And I'm like, it's not, like, my personal rule. <laughs> I wasn't like, you know. We you just already do. knew the rules. Yeah, I just know the rules. I just know how it works. I And I just know that it's not DCF's, like, DCF has to provide visitation by statute. The only way we can't provide visitation is if there is a no contact order, but we can't issue those. <laughs> you know, either law enforcement's going to issue it or the judge is going to issue it. So we have to move forward like they're going to get visitation. And it's supervised in an office. It's not like we're like, <laughs> yeah, she can stay the night. Like, Oh, so, you, okay. So you're supervised that you're speaking of. Yeah. It's much more controlled than the supervised that I experienced with Savannah's mom. And There's a supervised with a... a pro- approved person? Yes, yeah. which and was you, her mom. And you can do that and if they pass all the background checks, but in a case like that with sexual abuse, we're doing it. <laughs> like, you know, it's one of those things where, like... They could not, be in on it. He, yeah, he's not, he's not providing that. Like, And you may eventually move to, like... That one would definitely start with us. And if it was going well, then it could theoretically move to another person could be supervising it. But like, you know, it goes in steps, but yeah, we would definitely start first. And, and it's stuff like he's not allowed to talk. Parents aren't allowed to talk about the case and they always want to. Parents always want to be like, I'm going to get you back. And this person lied and this person that. And we're like, nope, nope, not a, not, not a conversation for six-year-olds, sir. <laughs> like, you can talk to how, you can ask how kindergarten went. You can talk about his t-ball games. <laughs> you know, you can color, play with him. We're not talking about dependency. That's not healthy conversation for a six-year-old to have. I wish people followed that as a general rule. <laughs> it wouldn't of be things a bad that you, general rule. Of things that you do and don't talk to your kid about. Yeah, like, I think that'd be, I think that'd definitely be good. I think if you kept adult conversations to adults, for the most part. We're currently good. going through something. Me and Savannah's mom agreed, no cell phone. We agreed for that before Thanksgiving. She asked, oh, Christmas, do you think she should have a phone? No, she's nine years old. She doesn't need one right now. She's not in any after-school activity. She's in no athletics, no anything. She, I don't think she needs a phone. Yeah. I pick her. I take her to school. I pick her up from school. Same over there. Yeah. <clears throat> well, at that age, the only reason you're getting it is if your kid's like on a travel baseball team and you're not with them for weekends, or you know, it's more for the parent at that age. I feel like than for the kid. Like yeah. I want to make sure you're safe. You're out. You're out traveling hotels and your cheer squad or whatever, staying in a hotel room or. Well, I get, I get it from that perspective, but to just like play with, probably not great. Well, I got a text on Tuesday. Bought her one? She got her one. So she texted me and warned me, hey, she's got a phone. This is her number. Oh, no, it was before Easter. I'm sorry. It was the day before Easter because Savannah started texting me. Savannah's probably amped. She was pretty hyped about it. And I told, I told her mom, I told Savannah's mom, she can't bring it here. She can't use it here. She doesn't need it. Nothing needs to change here. Well, I picked her up from school today. Janet. And her mom did not tell her that can't use it at daddy's. Sure. Save that conversation so now for I have to have to be the bad guy, even yeah. though it was something agreed upon without Savannah. No phone, no need. She gets her a phone for no reason, brings it here, and then I have to be the bad guy. She wants to be the good guy is probably the reason. It is hard to be the only house with rules. 
That's never good. Only ones that makes a brush of teeth. Only one that makes a shower. The kids, at at her age, the kid will like the house and their rules more. And Memphis has cut it to eleven now that we're not watching it. (laughs) Go figure. And now this game's getting out of hand. Although that fucking dunk was gnarly. That was good. Yeah, I, it's to hard. Me, like we always talk about what age we are going to get Marshall's cell phone, and I told Bethany, I was like, I have no idea. Like that's a, that's as as I feel like he needs one time. Like, and I think that the only way he would get one young is, is basically when he starts being away from me for prolonged periods of time. Yeah, a justifiable like, reason. Yeah, like if he's like if he's on a travel baseball team, even if he's nine or ten years old if he's on a travel baseball team and they're staying in hotels and for whatever reason we're not going with them for a lot of them then i was like yeah i want him to have a cell phone because you never know i want him to be able to get a hold of me at any time and i want to and, and to be honest as a, a safety conscious as it is if you have like an iphone you can just track the phone so yeah, you know track him where he's at i'm all for that especially if you have yeah. anything out of state out of city and that's the only reason I feel like young people should have is like basically like I can only think of like sports like cheerleading and baseball. I'm sure there's other things kids get into, but I can't think of a lot that kids get into yeah. that young. Girl Scouts. Girl uh, Scouts, yeah. Savannah was doing gymnastics and she was doing so well. She was she got bumped <laughs> up, so she was above her age group. When she was five, she was with the seven year olds. So everything was gonna be more advanced. And there was gonna, they were gonna institute a little bit of traveling, and I was all for it. But her mom decided she didn't want to take her to that. It was three times a week. And she would have had a cell phone, hella young. Yeah, I mean, yeah. When you're once you're doing that, and like I can't be with you all the time. Like, and I guess the travel baseball is probably a bad example because if they're traveling, it's probably the weekend. I'm probably just going. It did not make it better when I found out today that. Her best friend at school has a cell phone. So now I'm again the the worst guy. Yeah. And her best friend's dad is a retired teacher. And they were up all night last night FaceTiming each other. As oh Bo, dude. Um sorry, but I'm gonna be the bad guy here. Let Brooke know. She's not she's not gonna be calling her. And he goes, I just found out that they were up late last night, so now there's going to be some heavy monitoring. I was like, "All right, man, I trust you." He's got a kid. That, he's got kids that are like 16, 14. So like, he's in an awkward spot too because he gets all his uh, kids have them. Right. Yeah. I, I, when I was like, when I was younger, like my parents, like it only had it take took me like once or twice for them to be like, "Hey, we see you're up on your phone. Like, if you if we come in if I come in here again and you're on your phone tonight, like." I'm taking it. <laughs> Put it down. And the lead's uh, now six. What is happening on the other channel? I had a thing. So when I first got my cell phone, uh, you're too young for it probably. Roaming was a big thing. Oh, yeah. And I remember when I got f- unlimited texting. I felt like such a G. My first, my <laughs> first month in Florida for summer vacation racked up like a $450 bill because every text... Was ten cents, and in roaming it made okay. it fifteen it's cents. Three points. We probably should switch it back. <laughs> that figures. Well, I don't twenty sh- point game. You asked me to turn it off, and now it's <laughs> no. It was twenty five. It was a twenty five point game like four minutes ago. I have no idea what could possibly be happening. 
Yeah, I was, speaking of old cell phones, stealing I was, it on the inbounds. I was listening to a song the other day when I was transporting a kid in my old job. It's Friday, and I looked Friday. at it. I said, "Yeah, this song." Um, is it on fleek? It? it was by Mims. What song was that? It's going down. It's going down. I thought that was Young Jock. No. Mims. Oh, this is why I'm hot. If you remember that song, this is why I'm hot. Yeah. This is why you not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I told him. I said, "I was like, yeah, this song was." Uh, the number one ringtone. And the kid was like, what are you talking about? I was like, yeah, we used to buy clips of songs <laughs> and have them be our ringtones, which is hilarious because, like, these kids are like, what? And, like, the funny thing is no one even, no one even does that anymore. Right? And they're still available. <laughs> now it's, it it's now. easier than in history. <laughs> you just go to iTunes. And everyone just, is like, has the default we leave it on vibrate. Those are the options. I want the old Nokia tone. That's what it. I mean, yeah, everyone I know. Last time you've heard a music ringtone? So I I have a few because when I'm on call and I sleep at night, I have to have the loudest tone possible. So I actually do every Monday in one week in a month. I do have a ringtone. But is it just like one of the preloaded ones, or is nope. it something Mario? Yep. Like, <laughs> that's Impossible. my ringtone. No, it's not Kim Possible. Mighty uh, Morphin Power Rangers. Oh yeah, it's close to Kim Possible though. What's the sitch? But it's funny because like I, it's just weird to me that now that it's like so easy to do, and I, I didn't have, I didn't get, wasn't allowed to buy ringtones for myself. My parents wouldn't pay for them. Do you know this tone? I'll let them hear because it's not even a copyright song. Oh, it's a TV show from way before your day. What was it? It is the theme song to Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, yeah, I never watched that. Text tone. I got to turn this back on because I. Yeah, it's 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 strange. I wasn't allowed. I wasn't allowed to do it, but it was such a big deal that I would like sit in the car and wait for my song to play so I could record it as a sound so I could oh, use it well, and make so yeah, my that, own ringtone before iPhones because then you could have Android where you had like an MP3 recorder. All the time, oh, convert yeah, any just, voice note into a ringtone. Ringtones, people have like razors. Yeah, well, yeah I the did. Motorola razor was well, the, I, like that was like the flex phone. Like that was a big flex. Like, I, had a I, I had a, yeah, I had a razor. You go to the mall and get yourself a case for it. Uh, they came out with cover. a touchscreen razor, and I almost bought it. <laughs> just out of like, because it's funny. You just do what everyone else did. You go to mixertones.com and you MMS yourself an yeah. audio clip of like a ten seconds. Yeah. See, I wasn't. I wasn't in the know like that, but yeah. Memphis just took a lead. Yeah, I was young, so I was changing my ringtone all the time. Couldn't settle one. I will say, shout out to one of my college friends, Jesse. I believe his ringtone is still, um, is still a song. I think it has always been a song, and like the same song. I can't remember what it is, like Party Rock Anthem or something. Oh, Party Rock. No, it's not, it's not that one. Um, oh, 
I want to know the guy who still has I'm in love with a stripper as their song. That's that's my friend. Look, we weren't even going to start. We weren't even going to talk about this. We were going to talk about I cannot remember. I it's going to drive me literally insane. The song from like the early 2000s. It doesn't help a whole lot. Alright, let's see. 2000s, early 2000s. Hip hop. Sorry, I will I will get this. Now you're just dying to know. Oh, it hurts. You know what? It's like right there and you just can't get it and it like hurts really bad. There's a word for that where it's on the tip of your tongue. Yep, uh, it's awful. I, I do I've heard the word before, but that is a feeling that I It's hate. a long word. I hate that word. Not the word, but I hate the feeling. Uh, uh, Party like a rock star. <laughs> and he said that the whole time I've known him. I've known this man since I was 18 years old. <laughs> and he has had it. And it's not even a great not, song. No, it's, it's a like, summer banger, but stand by it, man. Like that that's his song. Like if I whenever I hear that, like party like a rock, party like a rock star, I'm like, oh, Jesse, is your phone ringing? Like <laughs> no you don't hear it outside of his phone. It's not played anywhere else anymore. <laughs> He's like the guy who's like uh, still just grooving out to like Holiday Inn. <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, partying at freaking his house. weekend, baby. I'm about to have me some fun. Partying at his house, people would get so annoyed. People would be people would be like, "Are we listening to Ludacris again?" Just Ludacris, Southern hospitality. And then he eventually got to the point where he listened to Post Malone and became obsessed with that, and just listened to a ton of Post Malone for a while. But I want to hate on Post Malone. But apparently he's like one of the sweetest people in the history he's, he's, of he's, rich people. He's hilarious. I know Jimmy Fallon asked me, so what's it like after a concert? Like, what's 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 typical for you? He goes, oh, you know, we go, I just play, say I was like 4, 4 a.m. He's like playing beer pong, chain, smoking cigarettes. He goes, listen to Shania Twain. Just like, <laughs> just like Shania Twain. Like, that's like, that's too specific to be made up. It's a weird person to like pull out of a hat and be like, so I just think he drinks Bud Light, smokes Marlboro. He's like everyone from my town who happens to just make like acoustic rap. He's from Texas. Is he? I didn't Mm -hmm. know. So he has a respect for country. He sang on CMT. Obviously, that like the crossroads. He sang for uh, the Texas, uh, um, like fundraiser event mm. for the hurricane. He sang on that and he sang a country song, country cover. He covered Brad Paisley. <laughs> just like, and he nailed it. And I'm like, it's just funny. Cause like, he's just good. Like, it's just like, he's just an artist. Some people were just good at that. Like he chose the other way, the other style because he likes it. Not because he has to. There's a, I'm trying to think there's a couple artists that like, um, Sturgill Simpson, who releases a bunch of albums and shit, but it's he doesn't want to stick to one genre. So like, country album, blues, you rock. The, you see the fourth quarter, twenty to two. That's a quite a pace. <laughs> That's why they made it up. The fourth quarter, they literally have outscored them twenty-one to two. That's why they've made up the points. I wonder how much of it is Ja. I don't think a lot. He's had a pretty Shit game. bad game. 
He started off like over six. But they're the better team, so. I think it was mostly Bane. So, um. Yeah, John only has 14 for the game. Bane has 23. I don't know where uh, any of our listeners are from, but let me tell you, if you have a chance to, to rent a golf cart or anything, you should do it. Because it has been really fun for the family. We just got one. And it's dope. Where do you ride it around? I mean, obviously around the neighborhood, but you guys have that like street down the way, right? So, yeah, we have this. That's like a five-mile street. So, we'll just, you know, we've had it for a week. Every day we just go and then just turn and go up and down all these little tiny streets to see all the parts of the neighborhood that we haven't seen yet. We saw tonight some just mansions on the water, just places I didn't even know existed in this area. You're close to Boca. There's going to be some big ones. We'll go for a ride. Yes. It's, It's got headlights on it. Nice. The battery's probably almost charged all the way up to you. Hey, I haven't charged it in a few days. I think it goes a, a while. I'm th- the technology in it, it, Tesla is the best thing to ever happen to go-karts, I think, because now that everyone's like, well, we got to start increasing the battery juice instead of all these individual car batteries. These are monster human beings. That guy was holding a basketball like like it's just nothing. Like it's just a peach. A peach. So... Under the topics we were going to discuss, the the NFL, we are one week away, right? Yeah, one week away. The, one week from the draft. So you'll be here next Thursday for round one? Yes. I won't make you come all three days. That's a lot. Yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You can because my Bears don't even have a, a first round pick, so... I'm not too invested in the first round, except to see who I know we won't be getting. Yeah, I the first like three day, the first two days, I'll know basically everyone drafted, and then day three, yeah. I'll know like a handful of guys. I'll like recognize them from like, oh, they went to Notre Dame. Uh, I saw, that, you know uh, what I, I saw what's his name's mock draft. I recognize that name, tackle from Houston. Yeah, like they happen to go to a school I follow, <laughs> or they're a big name college guy who, for whatever reason, isn't supposed to pan out. Most games of five. The, oh, town t- cats out. Arc. Oh, no cats in. The the weird obscure stats is just crazy in in sports now. You know, like according to the Elias Sports Bureau, he's the first player ever to have five fouls and also score forty points uh, with less than six rebounds and more than nine assists. Like, how obscure. Do you have to get to make each game sound special? Memphis with another three. 93-88. And then speaking of the NFL, uh, new on my Twitter timeline a couple hours ago, Arcega, JJ Arcega Whiteside moving from wide receiver to tight end for the Eagles. That's crazy. Um, and my Chicago Bears, apparently, today, Justin Fields played like absolute garbage in seven on sevens. Uh, he was out of sync with Mooney. 
and the only person he looked to have any sort of chemistry with was uh, Byron Pringle. So Bears Twitter was a, was totally alight with how bad they are, and it's time for the Bears to move on. He's not going to be that guy. I was like, oh my goodness. Most teams haven't even had a practice yet, but because the Bears got a new coach, they had an extra uh, off-season training. But because Justin Fields wasn't amazing, get rid of him. Not a single... He hasn't been a Bears quarterback with a draft under his belt. He hasn't even been the starting quarterback... Name the starting quarterback, barring injury. Bears Twitter's toxic. I don't know. It sucks to be a fan for such a huge market because the stupid shit, really, like that, that cream just rises to the top. Speaking of the Elias Sports stuff <laughs> getting out of hand, I. I my Speaking fa- of what? The Elias Sports stuff getting out of hand. My favorite stat that will probably never be broken is technical fouls in one season in the NBA. So do you remember when Draymond got like his 16th technical mm-hmm. and had to miss a finals game? Mm-hmm. Can you guess one who has the record for most technicals and how many they had? Uh, most ever? Yeah, in a season. Rasheed Wallace. It is Rasheed Wallace. And he had 41 in one season. <laughs> in 80 games. Every other game that dude got teched up. Let's see, what was that, 90, uh, yeah. 2002, 2003? It's, uh, 2000, 2001 is the season. Oh, man. That's, a pretty, that's pretty good. That's good. But 41. Oh. Like, Draymond had 16, and he fell out of control for the season. <laughs> 41 is like a whole other level. And so it, because now they're doing suspensions after 16, like, no, it's you, you can't break it now. Yeah, what, what's your hope? Chicago's first pick, what, 39? Yeah, 39 and 48. Dream, dream, dream. Well, picks. my dream's not going to happen because it's the, the, the Olave would be my dream. Not going to happen. He's gone in the first 15 picks. Okay. Yeah, but what, what's your feasible? Feasible dream. Because, yeah, otherwise it'd be like, I want Aiden Hutchinson at 20 for the Steelers with the number one. Like, you can't do that. So, like, like realistic. Is like, it's like George Pickens the dream? Pickens is a dream. I already have bets, personal bets with people on Twitter, screenshotted that they're saying that the Bears are going to get him. Pickens, I don't think is going to be there. With the new need for wide receivers. Correct. I think he'll be there. I don't think he will because now the, the Packers, when I made this bet, the Packers didn't have the need that they did. It was before the Devontae trade. Well, the hard part is there's clearly five receivers above him. The change. Are you putting Christian Watson above him now? I don't even count him. I mean, you have Olave, Garrett Wilson, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burks. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I'm not prepped for that. Um, but I know that there's Sky Moore is third. Yeah, I think I think Pickens is above him. David Bell is a per third round projection. Yeah. Uh, Drake London. Drake London, he's he's one that's he's definitely up there. James Jameson Williams is the other one. 
Jameson Williams, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Traylon Burke, and Alave. Those are like the big five. So my thing is, how many can feasibly go in the first round at one position like that? All of them. Yeah, right. All five of those guys, probably. What I'm saying is like... But now with the trades, the Devontae gone, Packers have two picks right. before the Bears' first pick, and the Chiefs have two picks before the Bears' pick. And they'll get guys, but I don't think those... I just, I just think Pickens will make it to 39 just because if there's 38 picks and five of them are receivers, that leaves 38, 33 other picks. Pickett, Ritter, Willis are going. For sure. I mean, you're at least getting three quarterbacks gone by then. So that makes, takes you down to 30 players left. And then you have offensive line, defensive line. There'll be a handful of corners picked. That, that's the thing. It's like, like Jordan Davis will go. Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Like five or six offensive linemen at least. So I mean, it's just, you get to a point where it's like, there's only so many guys that can go. <laughs> that's the thing. Only so many people can be picked. Now, Pickens could be gone. But I think if Pickens is gone at 39, likely one of those other five have slipped for whatever reason. There's an article today that Pickens is falling because of his mentals. And I'm all for it because he has the physical traits to be a a top 15 wide out in the league. Can't rule it out. I mean, the Eagles could take Pickens at like 14. They don't have the same wide receiver draft board as everybody else. Everyone thought they were going to take Justin Jefferson, and they took, you know... Who'd they take? Jalen Rager? Is that the year they took Rager? I want Rager. Not over Justin Jefferson, you know. <laughs> no, 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 no. But they've done that like three times. Where like everyone thought they were going to take someone and they took J.J. Arcega Whiteside. Like, no. Kuiper. It's the first time I've ever seen this. Kuiper's picking him to pick, take a corner. Let me get And a, a tackle. What? Like, No. Yeah, I so like Pickens is your dream though. Feasible dream. Uh, Pickens a, is a my feasible receiver. Whether it's Pickens or Sky Moore or Alave or London or I guess fe- feasible. You you would like one of the big five receivers and or Pickens. Yeah, Pickens. Like you wouldn't be mad at Garrett Wilson or Alave or Jamison Williams or Drake London or Burks. I would assume either. You know what? I was listening to. Another podcast, and, and they brought up a name of a player. I wish. For me, what are, are you? Do you want Malik? So, it's tough as a Steelers fan because ideally, like Kyle Hamilton slips. There's talks about him slipping for being slow. Like, if we can get the best safety at 20, like, we'll just do that. I'm cool with that. Or we get Jordan Davis, like, elite run stopper. Like, give me someone like that, probably. But, like, you, I can't – I will obviously be unbelievably amped if Pittsburgh trades up to, like, 10 and takes Malik Willis. And the only reason I'm amped about that isn't because I'm necessarily that high on him. It's that I'd be like, oh, I trust Pittsburgh in the draft process. And if we trade up to go get somebody, I'm like, oh, okay, we like him. I'm, I'd am i be a lot more nervous if, like, Pickett's gone, Willis is gone, Ritter's gone, and at 20 we take Howell. 
So I'd be like, oh, no. <laughs> we were just going to take a quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, that's never a good feeling. We did that with Artie Burns, and that's just never a good feeling when it's just like we were locked in on a corner, and Artie Burns is like the fifth corner with like a th- third-round grade, but all the other four corners were gone. And so we just picked Artie Burns, and I'm just like, that's so scary when your team drafts for need and not best player available. So I either want the best player available like, someone will inevitably slip. And usually Pittsburgh just pounces on that guy, and everyone's like, Pittsburgh drafts so well. And it's like, yeah, because we don't usually draft for need. We just take a guy who has no business being left. Like, we took David DeCastro, I remember, one year at 22. And he was, like, a top 10 projected pick. But everyone was drafting quarterbacks and wide receivers. So we are like, we'll take the best, you know, best guard in the draft. And dude was a, like, perennial pro bowler. And everyone's like, wow, how'd Pittsburgh do that? I'm like, that wasn't special. He was supposed, like, everyone knew he was good, and he slipped. It wasn't like we knew something the other people didn't. It's just people were like, ah, oh, we don't really need a guard's not our most pressing need right now. So that's what I'm saying. Ideally, I'd probably get Kyle Hamilton, who was at times projected to go, like, two or three overall, and now all of a sudden people are like, is he even a first-round pick? Because he ran a four six forty, And everyone's like, that's slow for a safety. It's like... But if you're smart and you're in the right spot, speed doesn't matter as much. Instincts don't yeah. go away. Speed does. So, I mean, if you're running at a 4-6. Mm-hmm. And making elite plays in college, and all of a sudden Memphis is up 10 with a minute left. What the heck? You know, my cousin Danny. Danny Lee Hochow. Defensive end in high school. Fastest dude. Fastest 40 on the team. Without pads. Defensive end, 6'2", 260. By far the fastest dude without pads. But then you put pads on, and it's like, dude's a fucking freak. Yeah, and maybe maybe Hamilton. There's off-ball. There, you know, there's there's pad speed, game speed, and then there's... Yeah, sprinter speed. Maybe Hamilton's different. faster with pads. Maybe the pads don't affect him as much as most players. Because he was the like one of the best defensive players in all of college football. So, I mean... Speed wasn't affecting him at that level. And he played at Notre Dame. It's not like he played at Scrub JU. Ball State or something and then was like, this safety's really good. And, you know, the That's FCS. what throws me off about <laughs> FCS player like, like yeah. Christian Watson. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a top, he's a first-round pick according now, according to everybody. But, like, and again, what corners me, did he ever go against? To me, with Christian Watson, again, it's how. How was he a first round pick? Because he's this to me clearly the seventh, seventh or eighth receiver. They're gonna have eight receivers go in the first round. Like if so, Pittsburgh's gonna get like because the best corner at twenty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they're they, going by attributes. Yeah, like he ran a four, like a four three three at the comp. Yeah, there are athletic freak wide receivers every single year. Like, but he's also incredibly undersized at the position. Good height, but he's so skinny. String bean. So you pack on 20 pounds, 15 pounds even, 10. That's going to change. So it's hard to compare his 40 time at collegiate weight playing in FCS versus packed on muscle and trying to... I will to say at the uh, like All-American game, he looked like the best receiver there. I believe it. I mean, he, he might be really good. But the thing, and the thing that's weird about kids is like sometimes you peak late. Like, he's 21, 22 years old. Like, maybe he wasn't fully done growing at 18. You know what I mean? So, like, at 18 when he left high school, 
he couldn't get a real offer because he was 18. And I think, I think that kind of crap happens a lot where somebody will be like, especially with quarterbacks where like, it's hard for them to get a big offer because they're just not physically impressive. Look at Tom. I've been watching man in the arena and like you look at him when he was younger, like so unathletic. He's probably more athletic now than when he was drafted. Probably. No, I mean, definitely. What am I saying probably for? Definitely more athletic now than he was drafted. He's taking better care of his body, and he's worked out more, and he has, like, actual adult man strength. When he was drafted, he had a baby face. He was lanky. and like He's gawky, yeah. Kind of awkward looking. And, and that's why the NBA also, to me, is so interesting. And when you have to predict young players, you have to predict how they're going to grow. Yeah, let me get a team doctor in there and get some x-rays so I can find out the growth plates, see if they're still yeah, like, good. Like how Paul George, when he was drafted, was, was freaking 6'2". <laughs> right, yeah. And then he was 6'10". <clears throat> after the year, next year, like he grew eight inches. Because these guys are getting drafted at 18, 19 years old, and some of them are not growing. Like Giannis was a twig when he was drafted. Now that dude is beefy. And then Kevin Durant was a twig <sighs> when he was drafted and is... A slightly thicker twig. That's true. He did not <laughs> he didn't, bulk he didn't, up. He didn't fill out at all. So oh. not everyone's LeBron. Not everyone do you look at and go, okay, he's a man when oh, you're drafting he look, him. Yeah, he looked like a man. <laughs> or like Dwight, Dwight Howard was the same way. Not everyone you look at an 18-year-old, and that is an That's, adult man. Yeah, he's 18, like, oh, but man. that dude doesn't has no more growing that he needs to do. When they're he, super young, they look like they did time already. Shaq, Greg Oden. I mean... Not Craig a, Odin. Not even saying Zion. Some guys are just <sighs> some guys are just big, like immediately. Zion, man, he's done. I don't know what's going who, on. Who was who was the? Um, I feel like there's a player that just got drafted that looked like he was like 45 years old, <laughs> and then he's like 19. Oh, DeAndre Ayton. <sighs> like you look at a picture of that dude and you're like, well, how old is he? 40, 42, and they're like, he's 18. I mean, DUI's you got. <laughs> and you're like, jeez, 18 years old, you look 40. So from Nevada, Romeo Dobbs. Mm-hmm. He's he's the new one that came up on the Bears' radar in the second round, third round. Damn sneezes. He's a shout out to Chicago Bears three sixty with Coach T. But Bell. And Dobbs, very similar. Good route runners, great route tree, slow. Four, five, four, six with pads. Because I don't think either one ran a, their 40 in the combine. So it's not elite speed, which just immediately drops them. But, like, do you, do you need that? Don't you think having a guy with a you great route? A, you need a receiver with elite speed. You know, they don't all three have to I be mean, like that. Mooney runs like a 4-3-2. That's what I'm saying. You, you need, I said you need a fast receiver. Because you need someone who's going to pull the defense back a little bit. But you don't need three. I, yeah, like the Bears did last year. They got four players that were in like four twos. Um, a good route tree, good size and catch radius. Just not, don't give me a dumb shit. I want Danny Gray. There's two in the late rounds. 
don't even know who that is. True speedster out of SMU. Like, give, me, give me someone like that. That's a four two four guy. Uh, maybe not four two four, but like fast. So like to me, though, I'm like, give yeah. me a guy who like produced in college, not just a fast guy, like a guy who produced in college and is fast. If you're talking a fifth, sixth round pick, like that's the type of guy you take a shot on, like for the Pittsburgh's needs. We have Frymuth, we have Najee, we have Deontay, we have Claypool. We just need someone who can get open downfield. We don't have anyone like that. You just want that setting changer. We need a burner. I mean, they don't have to be good, necessarily. We went out and signed Miles Boykin. So, he 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 is a physical freak. Never did anything, but a physical freak. So, maybe that's someone who can just stretch the defense for us. Like, that's... I wish... The Bears in my lifetime have been struck by... Two favorite players of mine that an injury derailed a career. Johnny Knox got hit and broke his back. That was weird. And Tariq Cohen on a random punt return tore his ACL and now got injury designation and he's he can't even walk without a limp. Which you wouldn't think would happen in twenty twenty when it happened, like it's twenty twenty. How Who's your absolute favorite bear ever? Brian Erlecker. Lacker. I see the eye roll. Basic. Not fun. It is basic, but that's because... It, it's the answer, probably. Ben's not mine. <laughs> like, maybe theoretically he should be. Maybe, ask me in five years, maybe I'll retroactively be like, it was Ben. I miss him. You know what I mean? Because I get the uh, Because like, what's not fair, like, I got to watch like Devin Hester from his rookie year to the time Devin he left. Hester would have been my favorite if I was a Bears fan. So, like... Just because I could... I was a child... Was he was like, the most was, exciting player I've ever seen in my life shot. by excited. a lot. AB was one of my favorites for a little bit. Kind of blew that bridge, though. So, Hester's the most exciting ever, and, like, he made special teams. You watch special teams because, like, he's a, hey, he might get this one. He might get it. He might. But, like, the the reason it was Brian Erlager was because I played linebacker in high school. He was so athletic. And he's in every single play. So there's like, it's also, it's not, it's like saying like, oh, your favorite player is the quarterback. But yeah, because the motherfucker yeah. touches the ball every time. Yeah. I think it's like with, it's hard for me because we've had so many transitions at the positions that matter. Like an outside linebacker, even in my short lifetime, like Watt, James Harrison, Joey Porter, like those guys are all really a Troy Palomalu is Hard not to love him. Jerome. So, like, another favorite was Matt Forte. Yeah, Matt Forte's cool. I, who was the most... My favorite's Willie Parker. Blazing. And that's not... And that's a weird... Great one, couple probably. of years. I love that guy. And I love him because he came out of nowhere. The, the only reason he ever played was because he had to. You must have had him on your fantasy team. No, I liked him before. I, oh yeah, later I did because I overdrafted him like crazy because I was stupid and like 12 years old. He was my favorite player. But dude was a terrible fantasy player, though. He would lead the league in rushing up like four touchdowns because Jerome was in the way. <laughs> the <laughs> if, bus. If, if Willie didn't score it from 20 out, he wasn't scoring. It was the bus time. But yeah, I, I, I love Lloyd Parker. And the only reason he played was kind of a funny story. Jer- week one of the season... Jerome Bettis and Deuce Daly were Deuce, they were they were the best one two running back punch 
in the league for like two years running, and they were going to be their third year. They were both out injured. So next guy up, Veron Haynes. Did he play in one, two games? Who? Haynes. Haynes. Two, like two he games? Was, he was our guy. He was like our third string running back for like a decade. <laughs> like you just like, you know, you have a player on your roster who just kind of keeps being on your roster but never really plays. That was Ron Haynes. It was always like, oh, if you have a couple injuries, I'll play. You're like, you're up 25 in the fourth quarter. I'll come in there and get some carries type guy. Like kind of like your long snapper who like you don't really pay that much attention Patrick to. Patrick Manley, baby. He's like, been like, a bear for like Danny 11 years. For the Patriots for a while. He's just kind of there. Who? Danny Woodhead for the Patriots was like, like an example I was thinking of. Like he's just yeah, kind of he's like a Rex Burkhead. Yeah, he's just kind of around. Like you know what I mean? Like he's not necessarily like making an impact. He's just always on the roster. <laughs> like you know, every team has those. The Brian Scalabrini of their football teams. Patrick Manley. Yeah. Well, like the Steelers had Charlie. Sixth round of the '98 draft. Or you get teams that get a lifelong backup. Like the Steelers had Charlie Batch for like ten. Oh years. my God, Charlie Batch! <laughs> that dude will play a game a season for like a decade. Like it, teams get those. He led guys. him to the playoffs in a year though, didn't he? Like 2007. Yeah, he played. He he, he played some good games off the bench. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, you think? If I, I can't think of Charlie <laughs> Batch without thinking of like Tommy Maddox. Yeah, and the, like it's just weird. Like he backed up Tommy for a long time, and then Ben came in, and then Charlie Batch was like, "I'm still the backup. <laughs> That's my job, Tommy." <laughs> I hold the clipboard for you, dude. I am. A I know this playbook. Holder. I am. I am the clipboard. Let me get the headset. Let me get the headset. You can go somewhere else and play, Tommy, because I I hold the clipboard in this town. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> fit, fit me for the Bruce Arians box. Like I'll be ready. I'm a flip channels. I got your back. But yeah, it's just run, like it's always weird when you see people who are like. But yeah, that yeah. was what Vron Haynes was. Well, anyway, so Vron Haynes, he gets injured in practice. Breaking news. And so they were like, "Okay, well, I guess we'll we'll let uh we'll let this Willie Parker guy get some run. Who was an undrafted running back on our practice squad. Dude just runs for 169 yards against Tennessee. <laughs> With Jeff Fisher in there, and um, Jeff Fisher after the game goes, "Hey, looks like you found yourself a, a running back there." And um, Coach Cowher's like, "It looks like it." And then Willie just, you know, goes off for like 1,400 yards or something stupid. Bears just signing players all day, man. You know how exciting that is? Because even as I was watching it, I was like, Dad, this Willie Parker guy is awesome. And Dad's like, probably not. <laughs> like, this is probably like a flash Willie, in the pan. Willie Parker, number 39? Yeah, because yeah. he had 169 yards in his debut as an undrafted. Dude didn't play in college. What, what do you mean, didn't play? Oh, just, just a bench rider then? Like, didn't play uh, like at all. When he used to get announced, he would say North Carolina something high school. Because he got into an argument with his coach and then just, like, didn't play. So that's why he was an undrafted player for us because, like, he didn't have any college film, really. He barely played in college. He was a blazer, though. What did he, he ran so f- He was yeah, fast as shit. That's why we were probably in our practice squad. We'll probably never play you because we already have Deuce and Jerome. And then quickly it was like, oh, my gosh. I would be mad for your Steelers. Like that's the the mock draft from SteelersWire.USA today. Desmond Ritter. I, like, I don't want him for you guys. People have hit us drafting Ritter. People have us drafting Pickett. People have us drafting Willis. People have us trading up for some of those guys. I if to me, Willis isn't there, you hold on to Mitch and you draft it. My opinion is you tr- like Pittsburgh. If Pittsburgh trades up for Ritter, or we trade up for Pickett, or we trade up for Willis, I'm all in. Because we are in. You know, like, Pittsburgh traded up for Ben. 
my thing is if we don't trade up and we just draft the quarterback because it looks like we're drafting a quarterback, it's like why why are we rushing it this year? And I I, I, I think your your team is too good overall to lose capital unless you unless you think it's your guy. I don't think those are your guys. No, that's what I'm saying. Like unless Pittsburgh thinks it's your guy, you don't trade up. You you don't you're not getting him basically. <laughs> like. If you think Malik Willis is the next Russell Wilson, you go get him. You don't hope he falls at 20. You get him because you can't overpay. Now, if you if you think that these receiver quarterbacks are risky, then you just say Pat and take best available. So uh, this one, you know, they, they have the third round here, Calvin Austin. I don't think he makes it to you guys. I'd, I'd be all right, though. Again, fast. I would want him fast. He's the top. He's the top guy. So... The Bears have the slot with Pringle. I think Mooney, I think personally, I think he's a, he's a number one. You think he's an X receiver? Like that route tree? Yes. Especially because you, run them all. you can't underestimate the bond like a quarterback and a wide receiver have. Right. No, I, I'm just, I was just asking if you think you can run them all. I think he possibly so could. I'm going to say this because you talk about AB. Dude's stud. Mooney said his guy... Was AB? He said, "I run so hard. I want my game to be six quarters, because in the fourth quarter, I'm blowing everyone else out of the water." He's got the tree. Now he's got the bond. He worked out all off season so far in Georgia with with Fields. He's gonna be that dude. He's fast enough to take the top off. I want a guy that can. He's gonna hit the under routes, like. Calvin Austin. Yeah. I don't want all speed. That's why the other guy I want. You know what the Oakland Raiders are like the early thousands. <laughs> yeah, just Darius Hayward Bay in the gang. They had like three receivers who, like, if you played Madden, you wanted to be the Raiders. They had like 98, 98, 99 speeds for their receivers. No idea who that person is. Last thing, once you use the fourth round, like, unless I somehow just stumbled upon knowing them, I know who he is because he played running back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's just when you play running back, or I can get you. But hmm. how many seventh round picks you guys got? So that's one I oddly know. Besides that, I watched him in a bowl game. Uh, seventh round quarterback. Kalon Barnes. I hate... I can't be mad because the Bears don't have a first-round pick because they got Justin Fields. Yeah. But it does take a lot of the air out of the room. Makes it less fun. Oh, my gosh. How many threes does Max he have? I just watched him hit two more. He hit eight. I'm okay. Last game. It didn't take long for me to feel okay that the Bears got rid of Khalil Mack for a second-round pick, and the Chargers took all of his salary. And as more trades went through the NFL, no one else is picking up salaries like the Chargers did for Khalil Mack. It looked like a really smart pick. That's why the Bears have the most salary cap in the NFL next year like, because a huge contracts like Khalil Mack completely off the books right out the gate. The Bears have $120 million projected next year, most in the league. 
then don't worry about signing a receiver or drafting a receiver. Just sign one. You don't want to just not. You know how many there are next year? The free there's agents a, to be. A, there's a lot, but a lot of them are going to be off it now because they sign, trade the extensions. The people right now, though, who are going to be on the market, suppose that will be potentially on the market. Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin. Won't make it. Won't a, make it. A.J. Brown. Um, Debo. Now, Debo, you probably have to trade for him because he'll probably sign with wherever he's traded to, assuming he's traded somewhere. Metcalf, though, also. Like, look at that. Just like Tom. Maybe those receivers, though. Tell me you can't just grab one of those guys. So Debo, Debo will be traded, traded and signed. signed. AJ Brown is going to walk. I don't think his he will be resolved this season. He's gone. I think he'll play for Tennessee this year, then go somewhere else. You think so? Or he'll get tagged because he wants to get paid so much money, and Tennessee has pretty much said they don't want to pay him a bunch of money. DK. And DK might be gone because, again, with the Seahawks, do they really want to lock up tons of money to DK Metcalf and you don't even have a quarterback yet? It's kind of hard to... It's hard to justify that much money for someone who doesn't have anywhere to throw throw him the ball. Yeah. And McLaurin could be gone. Oh, God, I hope Deontay is not available. Sorry. I A lot of Steelers fans think he's terrible because he dropped a lot of footballs two years ago. Last year... Hasn't he dropped less every season? Yeah. Last year, he had the third lowest drop rate of anyone who caught 100 I don't know anyone who thinks Deontay's going anywhere. The only people... He fits Pittsburgh. The only people who had a lower drop rate than Deontay Johnson who caught 100 passes last year were Devontae Adams, who everyone just says is the best receiver in all of football. By a lot. And Hunter Renfro, who's a slot guy. And slot guys don't have as many drops, typically, because... They're closer to the line. They're they're right there. They're easier to catch the ball, yeah. Yeah, those are the only two that had a higher drop or a lower drop rate than Deontay. Deontay had four drops last year and had 169 targets. Okay. Really not bad. So McLaurin, he's he's going to be on the market, I think. Look, Juju's going to be on the market again. <laughs> Just eternally Marquise on the Brown, he's going to get signed. Or he, he'll, he's probably going to get the fifth year. They'll pick up the fifth year option. Uh, sure. DJ Chark. You probably don't want. Don't care. Jameson Crowder. You don't care. Jacoby Myers, you don't care. Juju, again, why is he so far down on that list as far as people? He should be above right, right here. Well, there's Pringle again. Apparently, Pringle's going to be a, a free agent. So, it's definitely a prove-it deal for him. I think Pringle will probably stay a bear. Because they have the money, and if they found the slot guy, keep him in a slot. Go It'll ahead. just depend if he works out. He's young enough. But that's, that's your list. Who are the quarterbacks? I'm all, I, now that we're just in here. Yeah. All right. So... Lamar, Tom Brady. Lamar, he's not going. To he'll get there. franchised before he'll, anything. He'll get paid. Although, do you hear Lamar? The owners like furious that um, the Deshaun Watson contract. Oh yeah, he's like, nah, I have to give Lamar that. That has come up a lot. Yeah, and Kyler's gonna get paid. Do you think he's Derek gonna get paid Carr, by Arizona? Carr could move. Carr's gonna get resigned. Probably because quarterbacks don't usually move, but like he's the first one who I think could switch teams. Now Tom could switch teams. Tom has no allegiances. Tom, Especially with all that talk about him going to Miami, I think he might be a 49er next year. I don't see how he fits in Shanahan's system. He grew he grew up in San Fran. I get that, but Shanahan 
Because Shanahan should rule San Fran before Tom Brady should. Right. I with you, but I'm just saying, if you're Shanahan, do you put your ego aside for a year or two and just say we'll take Tom? And how I'm going to, to how get good is 47 year old Tom going to be? <laughs> I don't. I probably pretty good. Probably still good. <laughs> He's really, going to get AARP. Well, the thing is, though, he will just attract people. To your team. He is, you'll have Kittle and you'll have the offensive line of the defense. He is a human magnet. You'll get some veteran defenders coming on the cheap. Like A.J. Brown, for instance, he might give you a discount if he's not getting the deal he wants elsewhere. Like Players like that might give you a discount. And be like, if I'm not getting the big contract, I'll play with Tom for a season. I'll show out and then I'll is go Tennessee play somewhere Is Tennessee like a year or two away from just being completely irrelevant again? Yeah. Tannehill's average. Henry's on the way down. Brown wants to go. And Tannehill's going to be on the decline here soon. He's averaging going to be falling down. Derrick Henry's wheels are going to fall off eventually. What if he just... Robert Woods is already old. Yeah, old-ish. Old for a receiver. 30, right? He's, yeah, but I mean, he's... It, with new, with new Players don't play that much longer than not, 30. Not everyone can be. The people who play old, longer than 30 are usually Antonio the guys Brown. who are better than Robert Woods ever was. You know what I mean? They're usually guys who were like superstars at was, one point so, in time. What's throwing me off is he was so good before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. He was having one of his best seasons. He'll still be good for like two or three years. But I mean, that's it. So more free agents than Baker Mayfield? No one gives a fuck. He's going to switch teams this year, probably. I think he's going to get traded to a team that doesn't need him as much. I think, I think Baker rides the pine this season. You think so? At nineteen million dollars, because the Browns are going to eat some salary. They're going to trade him after Deshaun Watson's suspension's lifted. I think I think Deshaun's going to miss five, six games. Baker's gone when Deshaun comes back. He gets traded and rides the pine for the rest of the season. So next, then, Daniel Jones. Complete mystery. That's true. It's hard. It'll just depend on what he does this year. Yeah, because it's so... If he bit, looks I'm, any good at all, he'll be picked up. Gardner Minshew, whatever. Tyler Huntley is an interesting one. I don't think he's worth anything. He's I, a game manager with good speed. I'll say he's in- interesting because he played pretty well in the games that he had to play. So he's interesting in that I think someone will pay him something stupid. He's Mitchell. He's Mitch. I don't think he's Trubisky. He got. Trubisky he reminds got, me of Matt Flynn, the guy who shows out in a, like a couple well, games. Yeah, well, yeah, and then just gets absolutely paid by somebody. Like, can you see that? Can you see like? I can see someone overpaying the Jets for him. or someone like that giving them like a five-year, like hundred million dollar contract, and you're like, what? <laughs> like hundred and ten million? We're just like. I mean, hopefully you're right. <laughs> Otherwise, you're paying this dude $22 million a year, which if he's as good as he looked in those games, like he's probably cheap. But otherwise, you're paying this guy way too much. Then uh, Case Keenum, just hold the hold your clipboard, dude. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, great clipboard holder. Yep. Heineke, same thing. Uh, Rudolph Darnold. A lot, of, a lot of names. Rudolph, so... Speaking of Rudy, you're uh, Steelers Twitter today. Yeah. Big thinking that Rudolph's going to take the starting job from Trubisky this season. No. No shot. Zero percent chance. 
A lot of players think he's better than Trubisky, and they're like, well, he barely beat out Duck. No, he lost his job to Duck for a period of time. He got benched for Duck twice. Pittsburgh yo-yoed all season, and that is not happening. Zero percent chance Macy Rudolph is better than Trubisky. Sam Darnold, that's an interesting one. Who is Sam Darnold? The shitty quarterback, the quarterback from the Jets, the Panthers, or the NFL's leading touchdown rusher for six weeks in the NFL? Neither of those things. <laughs> Neither of those things. It reminds me, like, Sam Darnold is, is Josh Rosen to me. No, he's better. Shitty than, situations. Better than Rosen. Rosen. He's faster, play. more athletic than Rosen. Rosen can't play. No one wants him. Nick Foles, he's he's on contract, but the thought is he's going to be gone for the June first cuts. But he's the only backup Super Bowl MVP, so you know, hold on to him. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't care. He's already if he's on at June one, he may as well keep him because his he only saves like two million dollars. And then like, good old Drew Locke. The the poor Broncos cannot draft a quarterback for the life of them. They. Had Peyton Manning. <laughs> they went out and got Peyton Manning because they couldn't get anybody. Went through a whole bunch of garbage. Saquon Barkley. Saquon in or nothing, basically. Already watched. Agencies. Already watched me, Saquon. No, that he'll be good this year. He won't be. He'll be good. He played in like 13 games this season. He still only got like 600 yards rushing. Terrible team coming back off an ACL tear. Not everyone comes off an ACL tear in first year is that good. Josh Jacobs' is fifth year options picked up. And then... A lot of just meh. Kareem Hunt is the only one I think. Ooh, Tony, what, Pollard. Tony Pollard. What are you talking about? Yeah, like, Tony look Pollard's at interesting. Raheem Mostert. If he's healthy, he's no fast as shit. And no interest in Raheem Mostert. I mean, Brandon I don't think Drake, any of these guys are. David great, Montgomery. Great hands why is David Montgomery lower than all these other people? <laughs> I don't think this has anything to do with. I don't like, know what order this is in. But it's, it's bad. <laughs> it's a bad order. It's a really bad order. Because, like, Carson, nobody. The only person that loves Chris Carson is Gwen on the trade block. Or uh, Adam. Kareem Hunt, like, as far as people that you would want to sign, like Kareem Hunt, Tony Pollard, Saquon, Dave Montgomery. He keeps getting fucking work. I think Dearness Johnson's interesting. He's someone who looks good when he gets the chance to play. Mark Ingram's done. Mike Davis is done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to play somewhere because he's just he's a good blocker still. You think he'll stay? Uh, stay. Ooh. If the Dolphins succeed, he stays. Yeah. Hometown discount. We have no state income tax. Why not? Like in joke, he's gone. Well, yeah, because he's already got franchise tag this season. Tight ends, Dal- are, tight ends are weird because they almost all move around. Dalton Schultz. He's stay. He. I think like, he's going to get a four-year deal. If you're not really good at tight end, you just bounce around the league like an insane amount. Is there? Can you think of any tight ends like on the bear in the Bears? Who's been a bear for like, not even on the current roster, but was a Bears tight end for a long time? Who wasn't like good? Like, who, I can't think of anything like that for the Steelers. Who wasn't good? Yeah, like just was like not even your starter, just like your second tight end. No, well the like, Bears traditionally like, have a good tight end. No, but I say tight ends have the most movement of stuff like that. Like every other position, like we talked about backup running backs, backup wide receivers, backup. Like you could have a fourth receiver who's your fourth receiver for fifteen years. So the biggest reason the Bears... But tight ends, though, like your second tight end just is going to play on eight teams. <laughs> well, the biggest reason the Bears have tight end movement is because we keep going for coaches that have different schemes completely. So, like Greg Olson. 
Yeah. Awesome. When but he, he then was, they switched. The coach didn't like him coming out of college. Traded. Zach Miller, he was fucking great, but he almost lost his leg in an injury. He had he had some Alex Smith stuff. But even the Steelers, like not even star tight ends, but like even the Steelers, like we haven't had a coaching change regime hardly. And outside of like Heath Miller from way back when, we've not had constant tight ends. I mean, Zach Gentry for a little bit. We had... Like, like, I'm just saying, like, you don't have, like, a backup tight end who's just been your backup tight end for, like, six years. Like, it's, it's weird that no other position is like that. You'll have a corner who's, like, your fourth corner, and he'll be your cor- fourth corner for eight years. You just keep coming back because he's like, I know this. Because, like, you get those players who are like, I know this system. I'm not going to get absolutely paid anywhere because I'm not a starter. I'll just stick it out here. You get that with running backs, wide receivers, offensive linemen, defensive linemen. Like, you get from every position except for tight end, it feels like. Yeah, because you usually have the the breakout guys going to start, but because coaches change, scheme change. Yeah, like you, you always get that where like tight end, like the backup tight ends, always like I could. There's so much movement at tight end that like you always get your backup can go get a starting job somewhere else for a different scheme that they're looking for somebody so you can go compete for a starting job. You're the yeah. backup here, so why would you sit here? And be yeah, a look at Jimmy Graham. You know the Bears overpaid for him. Because of his good years in New Orleans, and then he went to Seattle for a couple of years, and then he went to the Bears well, for a couple of years. Like the Steelers again, we had uh, Heath Miller. Forever, it seemed like. We did. He was really good. Matt Spath was a good backup for us for a little bit, and then he, your Bears paid him to be your starter for a little bit. Didn't work, but but you know, it's, it's one of those things where, why would you stay? Why would you sit there and watch Heath Miller get to play football all the time when you could go to the Bears who were saying, hey, you get a chance to start here? But like Mercedes Lewis, that dude's been on 46 teams. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, If you're a good blocking tight end, you'll find work. Or Eric Ebron, dude's been on a lot of teams. OJ Howard, he's... Two so far, but he's still young. He's, a, he's, on, his his way, he's on his way to bust. Ooh, there's... He's staying. I think he gets a massive contract. Oh, yeah, gonna He's going to be the highest paid record, guard in the league. Record-breaking contract. You can't even really go over this one. And that was Quentin Nelson for people who just can't see that. Yeah, that's just, right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> Quentin Nelson. He's just... He's like the best offensive lineman in the game. Dude's going to get paid an absurd amount of money. We want to hit on the, the top five before we're three and a half hours in. Shit, probably may as well actually end it and just do the, do that, the the Disney, and only do a Disney one. Because we can talk about that one for a long time. Because I have I have okay. in the top five, I think I have like nine. So it's really hard. I even rewatched, I, I think twelve Disney movies last last week to prepare, and it made it more confusing. <laughs> we can even make like we can even do like a little, a little breakdown for a Disney special. For fun to have a couple top fives. So like a top five overall. A top five, yeah. a top five Pixar. A top five. Yeah, because there was Disney before Pixar. Yeah, a top five post-2010 or post-2005. Or you choose some weird cutout, cutoff. Post-2000 even. Pre-2000 and post-2000 have two different top fives. I think so. Just because, I mean, they're, they're, they're hard to compare. Like, it was really stressful to compare, like, Aladdin to, like, Frozen. And part of it's hard because like I was a child for one. <laughs> and the other one, I was a full-grown adult. I think that's a good plan. I'll play this little outro music. 
another fun time. Man, I do hate when we don't do it. But man, I, I was whooped. And then two days ago, I was... I couldn't breathe in my right nostril. Yeah, last... Was it last week? Last week yeah, you were last, tired, last, last and I was, I was tired. I was broken. Like, I, I had worked like 50... Two hours or something like that, Monday through Thursday. I could, yeah. So I was just like, screw, screw this. <laughs> like, when you're getting home at two a.m. and then waking up at six a.m. to leave, it's like, no. All right. I'll probably watch the boxing match if I if I order it. I'll just have you if you want to come watch it. The Tyson Fury. Sure. I think I'm gonna do it, and I'll probably watch it out here because no one else is gonna want to watch it. Sure. I could probably do that. It's so weird. It's because it's in Wembley Stadium in, in England. It's, it starts at two main events at five thirty. And if if the girls want to hang out or something, they can. And the guys that's out here, I don't care. Or it can just be me that comes. I really am indifferent. Also, I'm just now looking that the Seahawks maybe have my favorite defensive lineman the name I've ever heard. On Yamada? No. No, the the Seahawks. Puna. Puna. Puna Ford. Come on. Why was I looking at the Saints? Dyslexic. All right. It's been the MBZ podcast. I, I even recorded the audio so I can upload it for your friend, cousin, whoever it was that you were hanging out with when you were asking about ayahuasca. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I couldn't think of it. I had that. Again, the tongue feeling. And I was just like, I know who knows this. Yeah, I know all about ayahuasca. <laughs> we'll go. We'll take our trip to Peru and we'll do some ayahuasca. All right. All right, y'all. Watch the NBA playoffs. It's been surprisingly exciting. Even uh, we, we'll probably do a sh- we'll do probably do a live thing during the the draft. Even though, like, if oh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be holding my breath to see that like there's been a trade. Yeah. Or I'll be sitting here on the things being like. Kyle Hamilton and Stingley are still left. You know, I'd be mean? like looking at like, like the top corner, the top safety. They're slipping because people just start reaching for those other positions all the time. So if you can get like one of the top two corners or the best safety at twenty, that's the play. We'll have a, a couple screens going. I have uh, like the McAfee show going with the volume, and then just the ESPN one, and then I'll hook the computer up for a, a third feed or something. Sounds good. Named. Take it easy, y'all. Oh, my BRB's gone. Dog on it. Images. Well, either way. There it is. Hope y'all take it easy. Another good time has come and gone. See y'all later. Thanks for listening to the On Call Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at On Call Pod. Interested in being a sponsor or want to be on the show? Drop us an email at oncallpod at gmail.com. For more info, go to oncallpod.com.